1: Your daily Cincinnati Bengals Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Let's Go. He's your host, James Rapine. Turns out, after the pendulum swung from one side all the way to the other, Joe Burrow will be playing in preseason games. And that's obviously where we're starting the show. I think that's the direction that Zach Taylor's press conference went. We're also going to talk about some other notes from Taylor's press conference, including who's going to be starting a guard this preseason game and effectively who's going to be starting a guard, we think, in the season opener, barring something catastrophic happening. And we've got an injury update for the Bengals defense to close the show out with But James, the obvious big news today, as you collect yourself after your extended one minute of dancing, is that Joe Burrow is going to play against Miami. And I tweeted this, James. I'll say it on the podcast, too. I'll credit Zach Taylor for keeping me guessing, man. At first, I was like, yeah, he's going to play. It sounds like they're going to play him. The the way they're talking about it sounds like he's eventually going to get some playing time. And then the Washington game comes around and I'm like, oh, maybe not. Maybe I was wrong. And and I kind of settled on the fact that they weren't going to play him. And, and now it turns out I was wrong about being wrong. They're going to play him.
0: I'm convinced Zach Taylor listens to the Lactone Bengals podcast because from what we've heard, this has been a plan for a couple of weeks. You and I talked about how this scenario of no way you play him on August 14th. You're not going to play him six days later in Washington at FedEx Field, the place that he got injured. But August 29th, is the perfect spot at Paul Brown stadium two weeks before the home or the regular season opener. That's a perfect time. Right. And uh, that's kind of the vibe I got. Is there what, it wasn't like, you know, Zach's like, yeah, he's going to play a whole quarter and we're going to get him in there and we're going to run this offense and see what he's got. It was just like, yeah, we want him to go through the, the normal game day experience and get a couple snaps and then we're going to get him the hell out of there. <laughs> so I think it's just all about checking the box that, yeah, Burrow was back on the field. That's that. Let's get him off the field. But, yeah, I think he's a, an avid listener. I went from listener to avid listener. Zach Taylor listens to Locked On Bengals probably daily. Maybe he watches us now stealing my dance
2: moves. Well, you'll have to see. if the uh, What was that, the sprinkler? If that one comes out on game day, you'll know. Just That'll a, be the sign. Just a
0: couple seconds of sprinkler. There was a lot mixed in there. I did a little Carlton. I mean, that was, that was a lot of dance dance.
2: I was trying to focus on delivering the podcast, so I didn't catch all the moves, but I did see a, a couple of them. Uh, I, I like this, ultimately. Well, I don't know that I like it. Actually, I should I should reconsider the way I'm phrasing it. But I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Joe Burrow has wanted this the whole time, and I went on with uh, Mike Petralia the other day talking about. We talked about this for probably ten minutes, and and we talked back about how Tom Brady coming back from his ACL injury he played in the preseason Carson I think had even a shorter recovery and a similarly catastrophic knee injury and much shorter he seven and a in half January. months yeah, yeah. It, it's significantly shorter you're right um, so those guys played Carson's wasn't even really scrutinized. I I don't recall. Maybe maybe it was. Maybe there were a lot of people saying he shouldn't play social media. Obviously, the the news cycle wasn't as 24-7 at the time, right? People weren't arguing in the Twitter streets. Oh, no, they shouldn't play Carson. He's going to get hurt again. But, uh, you know, you go back historically, these guys have played and rehab science has come a long way in that time. So these are reasons that I'm okay with it. And I was telling Mike, if Joe Burrow were trying to convince me that he wanted to play, I wouldn't be able to tell him no. But since he doesn't have to convince me and I'm just on the outside and I don't have to listen to Joe Burrow being very persuasive about why he wants to get preseason snaps. To me, it was like, ah, whatever. I I don't see a rush to get him out there and we'll see what they have him do. It sounds like Taylor said, you know, he doesn't have to show us anything. In fact, he's not going to be able to show us much because the plays we're going to call are going to handcuff him.
0: Yeah, and and that's part of it, too, right? You have to have a set plan of how it's going to work, what you're going to run. And I don't expect to see any seven the step drops, right? That, that's just not something that we're going to see on Sunday, but I'll go ahead and stamp it. Now. I like this. I think it's the right decision. Something devastating, I guess could happen on Sunday, but I, I think it's right. Because again, what you said, Burrow wants it. Hell he wants to get hit. Now I don't want him to get hit Sunday, <laughs> but, but he wants it because he wants to be as comfortable as possible when it matters. And that's what I keep coming back to. Like, If you're Zach Taylor, you're this offensive mind. You have all these quick passes and obviously a bunch of running plays that you've worked on all camp and you've put this emphasis on, and you can't find a way to protect number 9 and do it in a way where he feels – where he can be comfortable or as comfortable as possible, I guess, on September 12th going into that game against the Vikings, which I think is a winnable game. And so I think this is the right decision. I hope I don't regret saying that. At about eight PM on Sunday night, or seven thirty PM on Sunday night, after you know the Bengals and the, the Dolphins finished the preseason at Paul Brown Stadium. But as of now, I, I think they got it right, and, and I'm excited to see Joe. I know a lot of other people are, and even if he doesn't throw a pass, if he's under center, and, and that I think we're going to see him under center at least a play or two. May probably play. Uh, I, I think that that's uh, that. That'll be a great sight for sure.
2: And I do think that Joe knows. I mean, he told media. I guess after practice, media caught him on the sideline. He knows what the first couple of plays are going to be. He said. Yeah, he also he wouldn't said, tell me.
0: He I, I tried to get him to tell me the plays. He wouldn't say. Uh,
2: I thought I thought that was you. He uh, he said he, James said you got any hints. He's like, nah, I'm not going to tell you. But he also said that it sounds like they've known this was a plan. Zach Taylor said that in his press conference as well, something to the effect of this was always when he might play. And in a few, you know, the last few days, we decided that we will play him in these games. And Joe later said, you know, I've, I've thought this was coming for a while. We just didn't want to tell you guys, you guys being the media and I guess fans They, I, I don't know what the, the point of that is. Maybe just trying to control the narrative a little bit or, you know, heard the cats of Bengals fans on Twitter freaking out one way or another that Burrow is playing. But it will be a welcome sight. It's nice that he can do it in Paul Brown Stadium. I think that it will help sell some preseason tickets, by the way. And uh, he's going to be wearing those new stripes for the first time. So that'll be fun. Here's my question, James. And I asked on Twitter. I I wish that we could get an odds maker to set this. Over under for the highest depth of target. And is it one yard? Is it three yards? Is it negative one yard for a little screenplay behind the line of scrimmage? Because... Like you said, I don't think we're going to see any really long developing plays here. I think we're going to see a lot of run game. I think we might see a quick pass. And depending on how the drive goes, we'll we'll see what happens from there. But the way Taylor was talking about it, he said, you know, I have to be smart the way I'm calling plays, and he's not going to have options. So I don't think Joe's going to have his normal freedom at the line of scrimmage to change plays. And it sounds like anything that is a pass is going to be very protected. First
0: play, Joe's out here audibleing, yeah, <laughs> and he's like Chase, go deep. We are showing these fools who we are. No, uh, I would set the over/under, and I get why you'd say one or two. I would set it at like three and a half or four. I just because Boyd could do, run this little, you know, a little curl five yards. He's stopping right there. The trust is there. He knows he's going to be there, and he's just throwing it there. Yeah, right, and. Who knows? But I I would set it a little higher, but it is a good dilemma. And we kind of talked about it. I think a a Jamar Chase screen, like we saw week one against Tampa Bay, we could see that. Uh, I don't think, and you mentioned this and I agree with you, the idea of like a running back screen to Joe Mixon, that's scary to me. I I wouldn't run that because there's a chance that Burrow gets it.
2: Yeah. I don't think we'll see any of those long developing screens, you know, the play action screens where they go one way and then the other. And to his credit, Joe Burrow wants to get hit, but I don't think this coaching staff wants to see him get hit. And the way he talked about it, because he was asked when he was on the sideline, he kind of laughed. He's like, yeah, I want to get hit, man. Of course I want to get hit. And it's he the way he talked about it, and this is the hint, James, by the way, as to what kind of plays they're running. The way he talked about it was, I don't think I'm going to get hit based on based on what I know the plan is for these plays. So So there's your hint. Over, under, what would you set it at? Give us a tweet at Lockdown Bengals with what you think the highest depth or deepest target Joe Burrow will throw, if he throws at all, in his preseason debut. And I mean career preseason debut. Coming up next, the offense did practice on Wednesday. Jamar Chase continued to look good. And we have some starters to talk about on the offensive line. That's coming up next.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: James, the Bengals had their last practice that's going to be, for the most part, open to the media on Wednesday, and there are a few notes that are of particular interest. One of them, Trey Hopkins working with the full team in 11-on-11 drills. And while this may have been happening in walkthroughs or something like that, Zach Taylor has referenced that Hopkins has worked in team drills a few times. We haven't really seen it throughout camp. So with Hopkins practicing and with Zach Taylor's comments on Wednesday, we probably have a pretty good idea of who that first string offensive line is going to be. Jonah Williams and Riley Reef. Have been from day one and continue to be the locked in starters at left and right tackle. Trey Hopkins showing that, especially if he suits up and plays in this game, he's going to be ready for week one, as they've said all along, really. As Tyler Dragon, mm-hmm. when he was on the beat, reported, you know, way before I thought anyone could possibly know the prognosis for Trey Hopkins. And on Wednesday, Taylor said that Quentin Spain will be at left guard and Xavier Sufila will be at right guard for the Joe Burrow snaps against Miami, which to me is, you know, just about as good as naming starters. It it may not be, but, you know, he said, we still need to see a lot of work and get a lot of reps for Michael Jordan and for Deontay Smith and for Jackson Carmen. And when you say that and you have some guys that are established, I think that pretty much tells the whole story. For sure. I mean, the fact that he's pulling
0: these guys with Burrow right? So Xavier Suafilo and Quentin Spain are on the Joe Burrow and Trey Hopkins plan. Well, it makes sense for those two to be on the same plan because they're both coming back from awful injuries. Why are Quentin Spain and uh, Xavier Suafilo on the same plan if they're still competing for the guard spots, right? They're not in the same realm as Riley Reef and Jonah Williams if they're competing for jobs. Oh, wait, doesn't feel like they're competing anymore. So y- you're right. This is the starting offensive line. And honestly, Jake, I don't know if this offensive, like, like I wouldn't necessarily say that Quentin Spain has the highest upside of the guys that are battling at left guard. Same thing for Xavier Suofilo, but this might be the highest floor, right? I think we all agree on the the left tackle, right tackle, center combination with Hopkins in there at center. We obviously agree on the tackles. Quentin Spain, Xavier Suofilo, it it, to me is the almost the safe play because they are veterans because you know what you're going to get with them. And it certainly should be improved from what we saw for most of last season. Would you agree with that highest floor? Am I crazy there or is that, uh, is that about right?
2: I don't think you're crazy. I think that there are the, the most consistent pass blockers out of this group. And we might very quickly at the midseason point say, you know what? Deontay Smith, has the athleticism, and is a better scheme fit for the for the running game that we're trying to do here. Quentin Spain, you know, we've seen it too many times. He's, he's a little bit slow to get to these reach blocks, or he's a little bit slow to get out in front of these screens, and and this is a hypothetical scenario. Maybe this doesn't happen, and maybe Quentin Spain is totally fine in the regular season when we see him in, you know, a bigger sample size of snaps, and maybe this doesn't happen at all. Same could be said for Xavier Suofilo, who, you know, they talk about his power, but a little bit stiff sometimes, and maybe they think, "Oh, we're going to take the most expl- more explosive athlete in Jackson Carmen now that he's had some time and and looks ready." Or maybe Mike Jordan has been consistent for us in practice for eight weeks now after a good preseason or or whatever it is, and they think, "You know what? We're we're not getting as much as we want to out of these guards, and now we have some confidence in these younger guys to go in there." But to start the season where you know, I think the team seems to agree with us that the priority is pass-blocking, that that's part of what I think this is telling us. It makes sense to go with these veterans, and this is always the most likely outcome. That's the other thing here, James, is, you know, if you had asked me a month ago, and I think we probably talked about this, you know, in the pre-YouTube days, uh, you know, who, who are the most likely starting guards? I would have told you, Quentin Spain and Xavier Suofilo. Uh I, I might have thought that, you know, Jackson Carmen at that time was gonna be the right guard. I think that was my expectation after the draft and for the better part of the off season, but the veterans starting is is not really surprising. The only reason that it might feel like a departure is because Mike Jordan got so many reps with the ones for a couple weeks. And Deontay Smith was on this crazy to the moon trajectory before he had that dehydration issue. I do wonder if it would be different if he hadn't had that issue, if he had played well again last week, but given that that happened there's a reliability thing there I think to to some degree fair or not in the eyes of the coaches despite Quentin Spain missing some time as well and they're just going with what they feel is a more consistent and predictable option
0: yeah and I'm again I'm not against that I I agree with you I thought it was going to be Jackson Carmen for most of the offseason but let me ask you this as far as the development of these guys goes because you have a Michael Jordan who's Got reps at left guard, as we know. Certainly taken a lot of reps at right guard this camp and this preseason. Deontay Smith, I loved him as a tackle. And they were kind of tinkering, and he did flash some. But to me, I know Fred Johnson's here, but it's not like, you know, Jonah Williams has been injury-proof. He's played 10 games in two years. Riley Reef is on a one-year deal do you transition back? And I get it. It's really hard in the moment to do this, but Deontay Smith, like I would like to see him at tackle again. Like I haven't forgot the 35 and a half inch arms and the huge wingspan and, and all of that. And he obviously has the work ethic and he's gained the weight, the strength. Maybe he would uh, end up being uh, one of these tag, maybe the right tackle of the future next year, since he seems farther ahead than we
2: realized. I think that could still be the case. It sounds like this year his primary job is going to be learning left guard and and being that first left guard off the bench. But I agree with you. I would like to see him continue to get work at tackle, continue to develop that part of his game because long-term I would like to see if he can be the right tackle of the future. He certainly has a body for it. He has the movement skills for it. It's just probably a matter of refining technique and continuing to trust the technique that he's being taught. That being said... You're right. Fred Johnson is there. He's going to be the first tackle off the bench. If somebody does get hurt on tackle and, you know, knock on wood, you hope that doesn't happen. But if, if it's Jonah, then they probably slide Riley reef over to left tackle where he's played, you know, 10 out of his 11 pro seasons, or however many seasons he's been in the league and Fred will play right tackle. And if reef gets hurt again, knock on wood, you hope it doesn't happen. Then you, you put Fred Johnson in there right away at right tackle. And, and that's kind of it. And I think they probably have a good amount of confidence in Fred right now. I think they like the way that he's responded to the coaching of Frank Pollock. And if he keeps those, sounds like there's some weight questions for him. I mean, he's talked about him with the Oreos and everything. So, you know, if he keeps that stuff in check, he should be fine as your backup tackle. And the fact that they have Riley reef with that left tackle experiences is, is also good news. But again, to, to your point, to your question, Absolutely would like to see Deontay Smith continue to develop the tackle, the tackle stuff. And, and maybe this is not the plan for the Bengals. We'll have to see. I mean, they continue to talk about Jackson Carmen as potentially a future trans- transition to tackle. We'll see if that comes back up. He certainly has played a lot of tackle in his career. I have said many times, I think he's a much better fitted guard, but Deontay Smith, I think has the potential to play both positions and and potentially play both positions really well from what we've seen in the early returns. Let's wrap up the segment, James, on the offense before we talk about the unfortunate news for Trey Waynes and the hamstring and the the defensive plan for the final preseason game with some quick notes on Jamar Chase. And I love that this is the end of the offensive segment now. It's not a big deal anymore. We can just report calmly he had another good day. He's not having recurring drop issues this week. He, he had one bad day after the game, and since then, you know, he had a day off in there, too. It sounds like he got some extra work in with Troy Walters on one of those days off in the last few days as well and continues to to catch the football comfortably in practice. And hopefully we can just stop talking about these drops until, you know, he drops the ball and we look back and say, yeah, he dropped one, but he caught seven. So you remember when we were worried about drops that one time? And, and that's what I look forward to with Jamar Chase.
0: It would be great. I I hope we get there uh, to that point. And as you were talking, Jake, I kind of thought about it. Drops have been a consistent issue really since OTAs, right? And rookie mini camp. And we just kind of mentioned it. We weren't panicking. Obviously, we're not even panicking now. Maybe he needed Friday. Maybe he needed that embarrassment. That Just that I can't believe that just happened. And so now he's just so dialed in and so focused that he's going to build the right habits. Yeah. They're working with tennis balls on the sideline after practice. And obviously we know his jugs machine routine and everything like that, but I'll just talk about one play here. Cause, uh, I know we're uh, want to get to the defense. He cooked Chido Bay in in practice on Wednesday, made him turn around. The ball was late getting there like pretty late. And Jamar still had time to catch it. Like it was crazy. It was probably like three quarters of a second late and it was fine because he had that much separation and uh, it was almost kind of awkward him waiting on the ball so um, yeah, obviously you got to get on the right page but he uh, he looks the part and he's played pretty well over the past couple of days couple of practices.
2: Absolutely fantastic coming up next let's talk about that defense some bad news for Trey Waynes and he's drawing the ire of some fans I'm going to defend him because it's not his fault but we'll talk defense coming up next.
0: It's that time of the year football time, whether it's college football or the pros, betonline.ag has you covered. Maybe you think Jamar Chase is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, maybe a little Joe Burrow Comeback Player of the Year odds. You can do that and so much more at betonline.ag. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests. They have the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at betonline.ag. So head to the website, and when you sign up and you go to make that first deposit, you're going to get a 100% welcome bonus, free money, people, with betonline.ag. All you got to do is use promo code LOCKEDON, and also be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, where you make a bet on a season opener on September 9th between the Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager is going to be refunded up to $25 for new customers only with promo code NFL100. Again, at betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: James, you know, before we talk defense, real quick. Last note on Jamar Chase. I was reading this article from The Athletic. I don't remember if it was Paul or if it was Jay. But apparently Frank Pollock emailed Brian Callahan an article from Football Outsiders from like 2006 or 2009 or something about Jerry Rice and Jerry Rice's rookie year when he was dropping a ton of passes and the 49ers fans absolutely turned on Jerry Rice his rookie year. He had like 10 drops or something in in 10 games. I don't know. I don't remember the exact numbers, but whatever it was, Jerry Rice went on to be the greatest receiver of all time. I mean, maybe you can argue now with Calvin Johnson and some of the guys in the last 10 years, 15 years, but. Jerry Rice was my favorite player growing up, which I know is insane as a Bengals person who grew up in Cincinnati, but I I liked wide receivers. I liked playing wide receiver and I liked the stories about Jerry catching bricks. But uh, that, that I found to be a, a nice little anecdote that Frank Pollock shared that with Brian Callahan and Callahan was able to reflect on, you know, this happened to Jerry Rice, uh, maybe Jamar is going to be all right.
0: Absolutely. I think that matters a ton. And especially because Frank Pollock can speak to being teammates with yeah. Jerry Rice it's not just this story i mean they were in san francisco to get together so yeah that's that's why you don't press panic at the same time in this day and age i mean if they were panicking back then imagine what it would have been on yeah. jerry rice today right oh so the panic then is a couple newspaper articles so whoop they do <laughs> today you wish it was just that it's uh, it's tweets and facebook and instagram and and locked on Bengals coming at you
2: well, we don't panic here at Locked On Bengals, unless, it is, uh, unless it's due, of course. We are well-reasoned and rational individuals here. But, uh, you know, back then, and, and let's go to the defense immediately after this. Nice pinky out, James. Uh, the, the panic was probably more well-deserved, actually, in, in the late 80s, early 90s, when it was newspaper, because it probably took a lot longer to set in. You know, for Jerry Rice, you know, they're booing him for dropping the ball. But, you know, if you're not watching on TV, you're out of market. You're a 49ers fan who moved away from San Francisco or whatever. Now you live in, you know, I don't know, East Lansing, Michigan or something, and you don't get the 49ers game on TV. Well, you're just reading the paper, and maybe it takes until week seven before you figure out, oh, he's dropping balls. That's not good. He was our our first-round pick. Oh, he should be catching the football. And, and now it's like, oh, he dropped a pass in training camp? Holy shit. What are we even doing? Why am I even a Bengals fan? What? Oh, anyway. Um, along those same notes, uh, Trey Waynes <laughs> aggravated a hamstring injury. And Bengals fans are out here like, oh my God, what are we even doing? Why did they sign Trey Waynes to this big deal? And there's Antonio Bryant flashbacks. And look, uh. you can't control it. Right. Hamstring injuries suck. I actually asked this question and I got, I got some interesting replies. Um, hamstring injuries in the NFL and, and logically this makes sense are worse for the skill guys, worse for running backs, worse for wide receivers, worse for cornerbacks, worse for safeties, not as bad for the trench guys, right? Because the trench guys are, are doing battle in a phone booth for the most part. There's obviously some sprinting involved there. Every NFL player has it, but for the, these perimeter players that are running more, they're these quick bursts of a lot of sprinting. And with corners and wide receivers, you tend to see these injuries happen. And you also tend to see in the NFL, guys sometimes come back a little bit too soon. Not sure what happened with Trey Waynes. He did have a hamstring injury earlier in camp. I'm not sure if it's the ham- same hamstring or not because, you know, as I've said before, NFL teams do not have to tell us anything mm-hmm. about injuries in the preseason if they don't want to. It's it's a It's a an offer. It's a treat if they do. It's information they do not have to give you. And so you hope Trey Wayne's is okay. It's nothing too long term, but it does look like it's fairly severe unless it was just a bag cramp that persisted. They put ice on it right away. He limped off the field and Eli Apple is back at practice. That means a bit of a competition to watch perhaps between Apple and Phillips vying for snaps there. And I would guess that Eli Apple is probably a little bit ahead in that competition, even though he's been hurt.
0: For sure. That was my instant reaction is, yeah, Eli Apple would be the guy. And he would be the, the one starting opposite, Chido Bay Awugie and, uh, and I get his name wrong. Some say Awujiye, I Cheeto, <laughs> and, and Mike Hilton. Um, with, with that being said, the defensive starters not playing on Sunday. So Waynes wasn't going to play then. He walked off the field. Now he limped. And I I uh, posted video at All bangles of him walking off. Clearly frustrated, had iced that hamstring. But it's not like he was carted off. And we're talking about, what, 18 days, 19 days now? Uh, you know, two weeks from Sunday, the actual regular season opener. Like, I think there's still a good chance that he could be sued up. Now, that's just me staring at him, and we'll see how much it flares up. Was it the same hamstring as before? I don't know. Hopefully not. But – I do want to say this. Like, Waynes has been pretty damn good in camp. Outside of those couple of hamstring days, like, he's been impressive to me. His speed, uh, his ability to to cover. I think he's given Jamar Chase fits. Awuzie has gotten all the coverage from that end. I think Trey Waynes has been just as challenging. Like, Jamar beat Cheeto multiple times early in camp. I think it took days, and really that three-touchdown day from Jamar, where I was like, oh, okay, Jamar's actually beating Trey now as much as he's losing almost, right, where, where it's almost 50-50 now. And it took a while, and it didn't take that long against Uzi. So I think Trey is a, certainly a solid corner, and they're paying him to be a cornerback one. I, at some point, you got to get over the money. It's to some cost now. They can't get past that. But what they can do is look at what he is, and I think he's a, a damn good corner, and their defense isn't as good without him in. And, uh, and, and that's the part. So you hope he's there. You hope Eli Apple's the fourth corner and Darius Phillips is the fifth corner and you you have all that depth when the, the Vikings come to town. Plus, he came from Minnesota. Of course he's going to want to play the Vikings.
2: I just hope he doesn't push it because I don't want to see this become what T. Higgins dealt with last year where he's fighting the hamstring all year. Like going back to mm-hmm. Clemson and into the NFL and then, he, and then he tweaks it and then he tweaks it again. And these injuries with these guys that have to do all this, you know, burst sprint stuff, you know, there's no endurance there. It's just, you know, I'm going to sprint and then I'm going to jog back to the huddle and then I'm going to sprint and then I'm going to jog back to the huddle. I mean, how many of you listening right now could go out and, you know, you can do, you can warm up, but, you know, you go try to sprint, jog back to the starting line and do that for like, I don't know, six 40 yard runs in a row. Or something, and tell me how your hamstrings feel. Make sure you warm up. Make sure you drink a lot of water, and also try to be as athletic as a guy that runs like a 4:340. By the way, and try to put that much stress on your muscles. Like these things happen. It's it's really unfortunate. You hope he gets better because I would love it if Trey Wayne's went out there, won the fans over this year. I think that it's unfair to react when guys get hurt negatively. And, you know, what I do wonder, though, is how Mike Brown is feeling about this. Right. You could think back to Antonio Bryant. They pay the guy a ton of money and he can never play because they missed a knee injury for him. And D.J. Reeder last year had the injury, got four games out of him. Trey Waynes didn't play last year. And we've seen in the past, we speculated anyway, that Mike Brown sees this happen. He's like, man, this is why I don't spend money in free agency, because they, you know, we, we've dealt with this bad luck. We've dealt with these injuries. But. Look, it's it's just the reality in the NFL and no more starters. Hopefully on the defense get hurt. They're not going to play in the preseason finale, like you mentioned, James. And so that just means a few more practices to get through. And then we're on to the regular season. We're, we're just about there to regular season practices.
0: Can't wait. You know, I, I think the first team defense showed enough. They really have. And we went over it on Wednesday's show, yeah. the fact that there's so many tight roster battles. Do you go with six corners? What do you do at defensive end? Give all these guys, a, you know, a ton of reps, right? Give Noah Spence more reps than you would and and give Darius Hodge more reps. Heck, in the postgame show against Washington, and I say start him, start him against start Darius Hodge, that now he might start. I mean, I think there's a realistic possibility that he's your starting defensive end. So let's do it. Let's see it. By the way, there's another time where me and Zach Taylor agree. I don't know what the hell's going on. First, Jamar, then Joe, preseason game number three, and now potentially starting Darius Hodge. I He definitely listens to Lapton Bengals.
2: Yeah, there might not be anyone else to start. It, it depends on who they consider a starter. So Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard is not going to start. Cam Sample isn't practicing. He's still dealing with whatever happened to him in preseason week shoulder. two. Shoulder. And uh, I knew it was shoulder. I don't know why I said that. And And so... Who's left? Darius Hodge, Noah Spence, uh, uh, Amani Bledsoe. Is there anybody else? Khalid Kareem. I, did I not say that one? I thought it, maybe I just said it in my head, but not a whole lot of guys. And there's a lot of game to play. And that's how these l- late preseason games usually go. Not a whole lot of guys playing a whole lot of ball game. Not as many subs as you would even see in, in a regular season game sometimes when none of the starters are available. And we'll preview that game Tomorrow, our last show of the week, our last show of the preseason, really, because the one after that is a preseason recap, and then we're on to the regular season. Until next time, Bengals fans will preview the Bengals' home preseason game against Miami, Hootay, and have a good one.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.